You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network. Dolphin fans, and welcome to the same old Dolphin Show, part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network. I'm Josh Katzker. With me today and every day is my brother from the exact same mother, Aaron the Brain. Aaron, say hello to the people. Hello to the people. Here we go, baby. Just when you thought it was safe to go back in the water, nice, quiet springtime. We got to start this show by reacting to the bombshell news that has come out of the NFL today. I mean, as we're on a rare Tuesday night live edition of the same old Dolphin show. So if you're watching live on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel, thank you. Make sure you smash that like button, hit subscribe, turn on notifications. If you're not, now is a great time to go over to Dolphins Talk YouTube and do all of those things. But uh, and if you're listening on the podcast after the fact, thank you. We appreciate you. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcast. But yeah, we got to react to this bombshell big news today in the National Football League. And of course, I am referring to the fact that the Miami Dolphins have tendered Savan Ahmed and Elijah Campbell. Huge news. The Miami Dolphins are making sure those two guys are locked up for the 22 season. And that is really sending shockwaves throughout the NFL. I mean, the NFL didn't know how to deal with that news so what happened is that then the denver broncos traded for russell wilson wild wild how the dolphins tendering a couple of undrafted players can really you know turn things on their head in the national football league but so be it that's what's happened crazy times man the afc is a tough conference when it comes to quarterbacks isn't it brain it got, it got a lot tougher today. And uh, you look, you, you you put Russell Wilson on Denver, I think it immediately uh, puts them in the conversation probably as the second best team in that division. But just look at the quarterbacks in that division. I mean, Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in that division. And he would be the best he would be your starting quarterback if he was on the Miami Dolphins and and many dolphin fans would be happy to have Derek Carr as a starting quarterback and that's not even a slight against Tua because Derek Carr is a good NFL quarterback but that's how competitive uh the AFC is particularly that division when it comes to quarterbacks and then i mean then you talk about you know Joe Burrow and uh, uh Josh Allen and, you know, Lamar Jackson. And, and, and it's just like, these are the guys that you're going to have to go against to try to get to the playoffs. It's going to be tough sledding. Well, and these guys are also going to have to go through Tua Tungavailoa. Let's not forget. I'm sure yeah. they're shaking in their boots. They got to be, they got to be scared. They got to go. We got box office Mike McDaniel and Tua Tungavailoa. We got, you know, the Dolphins are no slouch here, right? No. But the fact of the matter is, the AFC is is was a gauntlet before. It's even more of a gauntlet now. I mean, that AFC West is going to be a really tough place to play football. And luckily, the Dolphins uh, are only going to have to play one of those teams this season. <laughs> As it turns out, I believe it is the Denver Broncos. Is that right? Is that who we're up against? No, it's the because uh, we finished. We no, we finished third, third in the, the division. So we're, we're taking. The it's the Broncos. Or is it the Broncos or the Raiders we get this year? Anyway, regardless, the AFC West, the gauntlet. But we're not here to talk about the AFC West. We're here to talk about the Miami Dolphins because free agency is nearly upon us, my friends. Free agency starts next week as we record, and the Dolphins are going to be busy. The, the NFL set the salary cap at $208 million, and the Dolphins are going to have some money to play with. We know at this point that the Dolphins have franchise tagged Mike Gesicki. So basically $11 million going to Mike Gesicki for 2022. 
And, you know, that leaves the Dolphins with still about $50 million in cap space to play around with. They've also got the potential to free up up to you know, $20 million more million, depending on who they decide to cut, if they've got players that they decide to get rid of or move on from. So there are creative things the Miami Dolphins can do to free up even more cash. So the Dolphins are do figure to be one of the big spenders in free agency this season, which is an exciting place to be as a Miami Dolphin fan. Last year, I feel like free agency was ended up being pretty disappointing for Miami Dolphin fans. We didn't really do very much until like the second or third day of free agency when we, when we signed Will Fuller and then... People got got fired up about Will Fuller, and then that fizzled out, you know, in a number of ways. <laughs> but shout out Will Fuller, you you did the thing, you got your money. Shout out Will Fuller, and now we're we're here. So now we're getting ready to go into free agency. So what we're going to do today is we're going to go position group by position group on both sides of the ball to figure out where we think the Dolphins will be very active, where we think they should be very active, and uh, we're, we'll dive in from there. We're not really going to tread into draft. Uh, talk in this particular episode of the show because that's coming later and particularly once we see how free agency pans out that's going to inform a lot of the things uh, a lot of how we move forward here uh, into the draft and how that conversation is shaped so we're going to do the free agency talk today position by position but before we do that a reminder to all of you if you have not done so already make sure you are following us on twitter i am at amplified to rock he is at Aaron the Brain, that's at A-A-Ron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins, and you can download, rate, review, and subscribe to the Same Old Dolphin Show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you get your podcasts. You can find us. We appreciate you if you've done that. Make sure you're visiting DolphinsTalk.com each and every day. It is your one-stop shop for all things Miami Dolphins. And uh, yeah, subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's a, it's a great place to be. We're going to have a lot of great content coming your way all throughout the off-season from your friends at DolphinsTalk.com. All right, let's get into it, Brain. Here we go. We're going to talk about free agency. We're going to start on the offensive side of the ball, and the only place to start if you're going to start on the offensive side of the ball is you got to start on the offensive line, right? We know that the Dolphins have holes to fill. We know that that offensive line was a mess in 2022. We know that the Dolphins need to bring in some veteran talent because just pulling people out of the draft has not worked for the Dolphins to this point in time. So I expect that the Dolphins are going to spend some money. There are a lot of big names available on free agents in free agency when it comes to the offensive line, and the Miami Dolphins have been linked to two of the biggest. Of course, I think the biggest fish that is out there, the one where the most money is going to be spent when it comes to offensive linemen, is, of course, Teron Armstead, who is uh, going to be a free agent from the New Orleans Saints. And uh, word on the street is that the Miami Dolphins have been in on Teron Armstead. It sounds like the Dolphins and Jaguars are two of the uh, biggest fish, if you will, that are in on the market for Teron Armstead. And of course, there's also word on the street that the Miami Dolphins are in on Ryan Jensen, formerly of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So again, another those are two of the biggest names out there when it comes to free agency, when it comes to offensive linemen. And it's good to hear that the Dolphins are supposedly in on those guys. Now, whether or not they end up with them remains to be seen. But, Brain, if we're talking about entering into free agency and we're talking about the Dolphins doing what they can to boost their offensive line in free agency, it is certainly a good thing to hear that the Dolphins are in on those two particular players. Absolutely. Look, and I said it in our last show that we did a couple weeks ago where we sort of touched on a previewing NFL free agency and what I want to see the Dolphins do this offseason. To me, this offseason, as far as free agency, in years past, I've, I've, I've gotten on the Dolphins for, you know, blowing their money and making the splashy signing. And, this offseason, though, they have definitive needs and they have a lot of money and there are guys that can fill those needs. So I th- and we're also in sort of a win now mode. The, the team was built. The contracts were structured. The plan all along was when we drafted Tua was to build this team to win while your quarterback is still on that rookie deal, so it's an affordable contract. And this is the offseason to spend that money. Now, you have to do it wisely, but my theme for this free agency, as far as what I want to see the Dolphins do, is target your guys 
and get them. Go after them. Don't be afraid. Don't get outbid on your guys. Now, that's not to say that you need to get every single guy, but you need to have a few targets that you have planted your flag on and said, this is the guy that we want and we're going to do what we need to do to get him. Now, that that doesn't mean that, you know, you you just have to be outright. You have to have some sort of flexibility. Like you can't just break the bank on every single player because you have several needs that need to be addressed. But that said, I think the Dolphins with the money that they have can really afford at least two big time free agents that they could just go out and throw the bag at and just say, look, we are addressing this position. And I'm not opposed to both of those players being on the offensive line. I I think Teron Armstead makes a lot of sense as being the number one guy that they go after the, the day that you can do the, whatever they call it, the legal tampering or whatever they call it in, in, in the 16th. NFL. Yeah. As soon as you can do that, the first person you're calling is Teron Armstead or Teron Armstead Armstead's agent. And you're trying to make that deal done. And then after Teron Armstead, I think the next guy I'm going to is Ryan Jensen because and we'll, we'll get to wide receiver in a little bit, but my number two guy probably would have been Chris Godwin. If not Chris Godwin, maybe Devontae Adams, and both of those guys are now off the market. So let's just go all in on offensive line. Let's fix this thing once and for all. And then once we do that, we can figure out where else to go. Absolutely. And there are a lot of things, there are a lot of things that, the Miami Dolphins are going to need to get right this season if they're going to be legitimate contenders in the AFC because the AFC, as we mentioned, is now a gauntlet. But the biggest thing, the biggest thing is the offensive line. That's going to be the biggest thing that they need to improve, and I think there's no better place to start than those two. Now, Brain, if something should fall through and the Dolphins should end up not being able to come away with Teron Armstead and, and Ryan Jensen, what are what are some of the other guys that you would like to see the Dolphins spend some money on to bring in if those two guys end up elsewhere? So when it comes to tackle, um, if, if it's not Teron Armstead, I think the next two guys that I would look at, if you're looking for more of a long-term, longer-term solution, just a solid player uh, that you can plug in at left tackle, uh, I would look at Eric Fisher, uh, who's a free agent previously with the Indianapolis Colts, uh, has, plays really well in the zone-blocking scheme because of his mobility, and would just be a solid piece and an affordable piece, not one that you'd have to necessarily bre- break the bank on, you also have a guy like Dwayne Brown who uh has you know is a just a veteran he's 36 years old and he's also best in a zone in a zone blocking scheme and you could plug him in at left tackle and you could probably get him for just a one year deal as sort of like a band-aid if you don't want to lock yourself in to some of these other guys because there are other guys here at the tackle position that I think are a little bit underwhelming I think Trent Brown is another interesting one um not necessarily proven, been kind of up and down, but can play both the left side or the right side, does it at a pretty solid level. Uh, I think Trent Brown is another interesting guy. Um, if you, if things fall short at tackle, but I think you got to get one of these guys. Uh, you, you just can't go in the next year and have the best tackles on your roster be. Austin Jackson, uh, and Liam Eikenberg again. And you can't, and you can't put yourself in a position where you need to reach on a tackle in the draft. You, you gotta fix, you have to get one of these tackles that you can feel confident in because I think it makes the rest of your offensive line just fall into place a lot better once you have, uh, I, I think in particular the left tackle position, 
settled. But, you know, with Tua being a lefty, if you wanted to go the right tackle route, you could go the right tackle route. And in that case, I think you're probably looking at either a Trent Brown or maybe a Morgan Moses. But neither of those guys, I I think Trent Brown probably for me, uh, if you're going to go the right tackle route, uh, would be the the piece that has a little bit more upside to it than uh than going after like a Morgan Moses and then after that I mean you're 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 really you're looking at Riley Reef and then you're looking at a bunch of guys where you start asking yourself well maybe Liam Eikenberg would be better than this guy and once right. you get to that you're not spending money on it Right. Well, I got a great question here from YouTube. And again, another reason why you should be on the YouTube comes from Garrett Grimes. He says, are either of you queasy with Armstead's injury history, considering the big money he'll command on the open market? And I think that's a very good question. I think it's a very fair question. And it's one that a lot of people are considering when they're talking about Teron Armstead, because I mean, he's a guy that has had injury problems. My thought on it is the Dolphins are not in a position to you know, to, to say, well, you got injury problems with a player like that. I mean, it's obviously something consider. It's obviously something you want to make sure is checked out. If he's good to go, if he's passing physicals, you know, then you're obviously going to bring him in. But I just, I don't think the Dolphins with the, the needs that the Dolphins have on offensive line. I think that's one of those things where it's a risk that you factor in and you accept it because of the, the player that he is. Yeah, and I, I think you're looking at, like, you know, he missed a bunch of games with an elbow injury. Uh, he missed a couple of games due to a nagging knee injury. But this isn't a guy that had a history, a long history of missing a bunch of games before that. He he missed one game due to injury prior to that, and he missed two games due to COVID in 2020. So uh, this isn't like, you know, an Arian Foster situation. I know a completely different position where you're, you're, you're spending a bunch of money on a guy with a history of soft tissue injuries. Uh, I, I think it's a guy that had a rough season due to injuries. And other than that has been by and large pretty healthy at a very demanding position. And you, you gotta go for it because what's the other option? I mean, the other option is you're scared and you, you don't go for it, and then you still have this giant hole at left tackle at the team's largest need. I think you just, it, it's, his injury history is something to note. It's something to pay attention to, but I don't think it's anything that dissuades me from making him my, my first option in free agency. The next place that we've got to go to after the offensive line. Uh, was the area that a lot of people had eyes on is the wide receiver position. Now, obviously, the two biggest names on the wide receiver market were Devontae Adams and Chris Godwin, both of whom who have now been franchise tagged by their respective teams. In addition to that, Mike Williams signed a big money deal with the Chargers, so he is no longer available. The other player that was potentially available was Calvin Ridley, and there were a lot of people leaning towards that as a possibility. He has now been suspended for the entire 2022 season for gambling on football while he was away from the Falcons during the 2021 season. So Calvin Ridley, no longer available. So that leaves you wondering about wide receivers on the free agency market. Now, there are a number of receivers who are available in free agency. I think most notably Allen Robinson, Odell Beckham as well, although he's going to be coming off of an injury. You've got Michael Gallup out there, uh, Antonio Brown, but we're not going to talk about that. Juju, Christian Kirk, DJ Shark, all these guys are out there um, as potential wide receivers. But a guy that I want to start off talking about is a guy who might be available, but not via free agency, but perhaps via trade. And I wonder if it's a guy that the Dolphins might go after. They might make a phone call. They might kick the tires on because his team is now clearly in rebuilding mode because not only did they trade their their franchise quarterback away today, they now just released an all-pro linebacker in Bobby Wagner. I'm talking about the Seattle Seahawks. I'm talking about DK Metcalf. He's got another year on his deal left with Seattle, but is this a guy that you make the phone call and say, what, what is it going to take to bring DK Metcalf to Miami? Would you be interested in that? Yeah, sure, I'd be interested, but what's it going to cost? 
I don't I mean, know. Because th- Seattle does not have to trade this guy. And he, he, if you trade first off, you're probably having to give up at least a first round pick. M- probably more. Uh, if the, if the, if the Seahawks want to take the 29th pick in the 2022 NFL draft, that's not getting DK, DK Metcalf. That's not getting DK Metcalf. You're, you're likely, if, if you've got the 29th pick and you're offering that for DK Metcalf, they're going to say, okay, then you need to throw us another future one or you need to throw us a two. And then in addition to all that draft capital, you're not giving up all that draft capital in a trade for DK Metcalf and not signing him long term. And when you, we saw this when the Dolphins, uh, traded, uh, the ta- Laramie Tunsil. When you give up sizable draft capital for a player that is set to become a free agent, that player, and most importantly, that player's agent now knows you need to break the bank to sign him to a long-term contract. That means you're going to make him probably the highest paid wide receiver in the league the following year or in in some kind of extension. So you're not just making him the highest paid wide receiver in the league, but you're also giving up multiple first round picks or a one and a two. No, it's just not the route for me. It's not the time. If you want to go after DK Metcalf, wait for him to hit free agency. Otherwise there are other receivers. There, there just are not not necessarily on the open market this season, but there are other receivers via the draft, via free agency in other years, via, yeah, there are other ways to address it than emptying all of your draft capital and a sizable amount of money. Sounds like uh, Amari Cooper is going to be a free agent. Is that somebody that you're interested in at the wide receiver position? If the price is right, but I don't think that the price is going to be right, especially with the, the temperature of this market now, because Amari Cooper, if he gets released, is going to be the number one wide receiver available. Uh, and so I, I don't see how you're getting him really any less than what he's already being paid or scheduled to be paid this year by the Cowboys. And the Cowboys, it makes sense for them to get rid of him because they have CeeDee Lamb and they also have Michael Gallup coming up for, uh, you know, off of his contract. And he's the younger guy. And, you know, that you can't pay everybody. So I get it from Dallas's perspective why they would not want to pay Amari Cooper $20 million a season. But I think there's a lot of teams out there that would pay Amari Cooper $20 million a season. And I hope that the Dolphins are not one of them because frankly, I don't think that that's the route to go, particularly when you've got Jalen Waddle, you just franchise tag Mike Kosicki, I mean, where does, I'm not saying that Amari Cooper wouldn't be a great addition to the wide receiver core, just not at that price. And I don't yeah, and think, I think that, there are a lot of, I don't, I don't think they're going to be able to afford it. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of receivers available in free agency that you can get without breaking the bank like you would have to for Amari Cooper. There's also quite a few wide receivers in the draft. It's one of those positions where you're going to be able to find talent. In the draft, if you really need it, if you're looking to expand it, you know, well, you know, maybe Jamison Williams drops the 29. Hey, who knows? But all right. Is there any interest that you have at all in the wide receiver position? Or, I mean, we, we can talk about the fact that the Miami Dolphins, we can transition to tight end because tight end was one of those areas that we were worried. What were the Dolphins going to do? Do we do we get rid of Mike Gesicki and bring in Dalton Schultz? Well, Dalton Schultz was franchise tagged and then so was Mike Gesicki. So Mike Gesicki going to be a Miami Dolphin in 2022, going to make $11 million. Uh, how are you feeling about the Dolphins' wide receiver room and their tight end room, considering uh, what what is un, what has sort of transpired here over the last twenty four to thirty six hours. I think when it comes to the the free agent class of wide receivers, given what the Dolphins have in Waddle and Gasicki and Parker and people, you could say what you want about Parker, but I don't think they should release him because you're going to save $3 million by releasing him. You're better off just keeping him. Yeah, and he's given in a great deal. You, you now have those three guys locked up. Unless you're going to sign somebody that's immediately going to be better than Mike Gasicki and uh, Devontae Parker, and you don't have to break the bank on them, I just don't think you do it. Uh, so I think, and I don't think that's going to be the case because I just don't think, I don't think that there's a player out there that fits that, 
that you're going to be able to get on a, on a team friendly deal that would make sense. Uh, so I would say let's, let's go after it in the draft. Uh, I think there's going to be some guys there, uh, maybe late first round, if not late first round, certainly in the second round. You've got the draft capital. You've got some maneuverability with your draft picks so that you can move up if you really love a guy. Um, you, you're not in this mode that you've been in the last couple of years where you're trying to fill out your roster. The Dolphins have, uh, by and large, a, a pretty good amount of depth. So at this point, point what you're looking for is you're looking to go after your guys to make up the top of your roster get the most talented guys even if that means trading up and and having to give up draft capital to get them so I think you just address it in the draft and then you you take a look you know it happens every year where there's gonna be a wide receiver or two that falls through the cracks that maybe you can get at a bargain you know maybe uh, I know these names aren't all that sexy, but a, a Jamison Crowder or a T.Y. Hilton as your number four receiver or as your number three receiver while you're bringing a rookie into the fold. Uh, if you get the, one of those guys at a bargain deal on like a one or two year deal, sign me up. That's a that's a good fit. Yeah, I, I, I like it. I, and somebody mentioned uh, Tyler Lockett as a possibility from Seattle as well. Somebody that could probably come a little bit cheaper than Metcalf. Don't know the details of Lockett's deal just at the top, off the top of my head here. Would have to look that up, but it's an interesting possibility as well. Yeah, I, look, I think there's a lot of NFL receivers out there, a lot of good NFL, proven NFL receivers that are going to be available in the free, mar- uh, free agent market and, you know, might work out a little bit better than the last one that the Dolphins signed. Uh, but, We'll, we'll see what happens there. Let's shift to running back. Uh, there are guys out there. I, this is a really intriguing market, quite frankly, um, because I think there are, there are a lot of veteran running backs out there. And, you know, there's a, a stigma attached to veteran NFL running backs, right? You don't want to, you don't want to sign somebody like that, but there are some interesting names out there and one that has picked up a lot of steam in the last week or so, and that I have heard connected to the Dolphins in different ways, uh, is Corderell Patterson. So, and he is a really interesting player, a player who seemed to have finally been unlocked uh, by the Atlanta Falcons in 2021, and a player who I, quite frankly, would love to see in a Mike McDaniel offense, Brandon. It makes a lot of sense. Look, coming from a Shanahan offense, he's kind of a gadget player. So people are going to immediately make the comparison to Debo Samuel. Uh, I think it comes down to price. Um, Cordell, Cordero Patterson, I think, makes a lot of sense. But he's also uh, over the age of 30. Granted, he's not really your uh, a stereotypical running back. So I don't know how much that necessarily plays into the decision because I don't think you're, you get Cordero Patterson and I don't know that you're necessarily planning on Cordero Patterson being your running back that has 250 touches or whatever. I think he just becomes kind of a, a guy that you move all over the field. The question is how much do you pay for that and what's the market? Because I have no idea what the market is going to be for a Cordero Patterson, but if he's a guy that you can get at a fair at a at a deal that makes sense uh i i would be cool with it i think it would be really exciting i just don't know how high of a priority you would put that because i think by the time the dolphins figure you know you know have hashed out the offensive line what they're doing at receiver if they're going to get a linebacker if they're going to what they're going to do at edge rusher which we'll get into in, here in a second like I think there's a lot of other needs that you attack before you really start thinking about, well, where does Cordero Patterson fit in here and how much are we willing to spend on him? Yeah, I I, I don't know. If, if you can get Cordero Patterson for something like two years, you know, 12, 13 million, I, I, that's you know, I mean, too you, much. I don't I, you think I that's just, too much? You don't want to pay well, that I much mean, for what, what's his role? Here's the thing, because... He's not going to be, is he going to be your starting halfback? I don't know that he's necessarily your starting halfback, but okay. I think this is a so, guy who's going to get snaps at all, all kinds of positions. I think he, he's going to get carries in the backfield. He's going to get 
snaps at wide receiver. He could, he, I mean, this is a guy that can get snaps almost anywhere on the offensive side of the ball. So what's the production look like? Like if you're, if you're paying Cordero Patterson two years, 13 million, 12, 13 million, like you said, what's the production that you're looking for, for him to warrant that contract? I mean, you got to be looking at, you know, I mean, you got to be looking at thousand yards of offense. close to a thousand yards of offense. You got to be looking at a thousand yards of offense, close to close to ten touchdowns if you're lucky. You think he's going to get that? I don't. I, having not seen Mike McDaniel's offense with the Miami Dolphins, <laughs> I have no idea. Right, I have right. No but idea. I mean, if you're giving him that contract, that's your expectation. I don't. I think ten touchdowns is a lot to ask for. Uh, I think it's look, a lot to last for you, anybody. If he gives you six hundred yards rushing and four hundred yards receiving, and he's kind of like in that Danny Woodhead role, uh, you know. I don't know. I mean, what was his production this past year for Atlanta? I, I you know, I'd have to pull that up. Um, but I mean, he had a pretty solid, pretty solid year. I mean, let me see if I can pull up the, that information. But while, while I'm pulling up that information, are there any other running backs that are intriguing to you, Brian? No, not really. <laughs> uh, maybe James White. Uh, you know, I, I don't know. Chase Edmonds, maybe a little bit because he's a younger guy um but i just to me this is just a position that you attack in the draft like mike mcdaniel even alluded it alluded to it in the in his press conference at the at the combine where they asked him about it and he didn't he, you know on on out of one side of his mouth he he talked about how the running back position is extremely important because of the amount of touches that they get. And then on the other side of his mouth, he said, well, historically we, there's a style of guy that we can get that you, that historically you've been able to get later in the draft and it's been pretty successful to us. So to me, I read between the tea leaves there and I say, why am I going to spend four five, six million dollars of cap space on a running back that on this group of running back, unless you're getting like an elite running back, I'm just not spending the cap space on it. I mean, Cordero Patterson is a weird case because he's not really a a running back, so to speak. He's more of a a gadget player, but you know, we literally a flex. He's an NFL flex. They they brought you, you brought it up and you said it jokingly about Savan Ahmed. I actually mentioned it in our last podcast. The style of running backs that succeed in Mike McDaniel's offense, the Kyle Shanahan offense, the Mike Shanahan offense, they are fast north and south runners. Savan Ahmed, probably a better fit for this offense than Miles Gaskin, might even be a better fit for this offense than Duke Johnson. And you're getting him extremely cheap. Now, that's not to say we should go into this season and say, Savan Ahmed, there's our bell cow. No, not at all. Um, but it goes to show you that you can get a guy, whether it's in the third round, fourth round, fifth round, wherever. You get a guy that is fast, that fits your system. Maybe you get a few guys and you just have them battle. Uh, and you have to have faith in this system because the track record is, whether it's Elijah Mitchell or Raheem Mostert or Matt Breida, or if you go back to the, the Denver days and it's Alandis Gary and Mike Anderson. I didn't know we were getting an Alandis Gary produces. name drop on the show tonight, Brain. This is great. Somebody always produces in the system. You just have to get the right style of running back. And for all we know, Savan Ahmed might have a monster year wouldn't that be something <laughs> that, there I'm it is that's, that's, I'm your, just that's your 12th round sleeper fantasy guy that wins you your fantasy league this year um for the record brain last year uh Corderell patterson had over 1100 yards all per uh r- rushing and receiving combined had over over 1100 and scored 11 touchdowns right so i mean the the question there is are you paying for the one year of production of Cordero Patterson, always the question uh, to to then just get burned because he'll never do that again. That that's the question with a guy who just had 
by 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 far and away the greatest season of his career at age 30. Yeah, that is always always the question. So, would it's an interesting thing to consider and uh it's something that I will be looking at as we as we go there. Somebody's going to pay him, I think. Whether again, the question is whether or not it's the Miami Dolphins. And then before we finish up on the offensive side of the ball, we got to look at quarterback. Uh, obviously, not for a starter. The Dolphins have their starting quarterback. It's Tua Tungavailoa. They've made their case. They're going all in on Tua, but they are in fact looking for a backup because I guess they're not satisfied with Jacoby Brissett. And I mean, who could blame them for <laughs> that? So the Dolphins are looking for a backup quarterback. And the question is, uh, who's it going to be? There are some guys out there. Um, not a lot of great guys out there. Jameis is out there. Teddy Bridgewater's out there. Marcus Mariota, Andy Dalton, Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, Terod Taylor, Geno Smith, Colt McCoy. I mean, you know, these are just, there's, they're just guys. I, you know, listen, if we, if the Dolphins find themselves in a situation where they're relying on their backup quarterback, which, to be fair, uh, given the track record, it makes sense to think that they might have to rely on their backup quarterback for at least a few weeks of the 2022 season. But, uh, you know, is there a guy in that list that you you can say, OK, if 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 it all goes pear shaped when it comes to Tua, is there a guy on that list that you think, OK, maybe this is a guy who can step in and win us a couple games and, and keep us competitive? There's a couple guys there. Um, th- nothing that's going to be overly exciting. And you're just looking for a guy. It, it's twofold with Tua. It, I wish it was as simple as saying you just want to pick the guy that you can rely on, but you also have to understand the context of the history of Tua as a Miami Dolphin to and end of this locker room of having, you know, the split over him and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, last year and then this whole offseason with them flirting with Deshaun Watson and then whether or not... It, and this whole offseason and this whole year is supposed to be about empowering Tua and putting everything around him and going all in. So not only do you need to get a guy that you can rely on to win in case Tua gets hurt, but... You also need to bring in a guy that's not going to be, that's not going to cause a stir and a possible quarterback controversy. So the two guys that stick out to me, and I, again, price comes down to it too, are Marcus Mariota and Terod Taylor. Yep. Yep. I think those are, those are two of the guys that have proven that they can step up and, and get the job done in a pinch. They might not lead you to the Super Bowl, but they can get up there and they can perform as well as you need them to perform. And uh, yeah, those are two of the guys that I was thinking about. <laughs> Bing back Reed Sinet. Well, there you go. Um, yeah, I don't know if, if, if uh, what was he in Philadelphia now? Is that where he ended up? You know, he should we'll end see. up in, in Cincinnati. He should be <laughs> Excuse back me? to the scene it's of the crime. It's pronounced Sinet Cincinnati. We talked about this. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to the other side of the ball. But before we do that, a reminder from our friends at Manscaped to make sure that you are in the game when it comes to your men's grooming needs. Listen, folks, listen, I know that there's a lot of you out there that are worried about, you know, you're like, ah, the, the, it's the time where they talk about trimming your crotch and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I get it. I know you're you're like, you're sick and tired of hearing about, you know, yeah, your balls will thank you, blah. Well, the the thing is, the guys at Manscaped, they're, it's more than just the, the the trimming, the manscaping stuff. They've got all of these new things. They've got a body wash now. They've got shampoo and conditioner, a two-in-one. Uh, they've got the body wash, like I said. They've also got moisturizer coming out. They've got lip balm. They have other products out there, too. Their cologne is fantastic. Um, trust me. Go to manscaped.com. Pick up one of these other products, right? If you don't want to get the performance package with all with the shaver and the lawnmower and the gimmicks, that's fine. You don't need to do that. But check out some of these other things, the cologne, the body wash, the shampoo, conditioner. It's fantastic, right? The lip gloss is great too. Go ahead, get yourself some of that stuff. You're going to smell great. You're going to look great. You're going to feel great. And you're going to save 20% off your order when you use the promo code Dolphins Talk. So go to manscaped.com, pick out, all of the things that you want to get, trust me, just do it. You're going to, you're going to thank me later. And, uh, yeah, use the promo code Dolphins Talk. You'll save 20%. You'll get free shipping pretty much wherever you are in the world. You're going to get free shipping with your Manscaped stuff. So check it out. You want to do it. 
All right. It's going to, it's going to be good for you. And not only will your balls thank you, I'll thank you too. So, uh, defensive side of the ball, we got to talk about, we got to talk about Emmanuel Ogba because the Dolphins did not franchise tag Emmanuel Ogba. It was going to cost them upwards of $18 million. They decided against it and they are, um, they're going to let him test the market. And I, I'm sure they're going to make him an offer. The question is, are they going to make him an offer that is competitive or are they going to get a discount? You know, he's a guy, he said he wants to stay in Miami. He likes being part of the Miami Dolphins. He likes part, being part of the culture there. But the Dolphins, you know, at the end of the day, they had to pick somebody to franchise and they, they chose Mike Kosicki. It was the cheaper of the two options. So where does that leave the Dolphins? I, I hate it. I don't think it should have ever gotten to this point. You should have been able to lock up Ogba long-term earlier, but they have failed to do that, and now they are in very real danger of losing Emmanuel Ogba. So now what are the Dolphins going to do on the defensive line, Brain? There are names out there, but this is, again, one of those areas where if the Dolphins are going to bring somebody in, they're going to need to spend a lot of money. And are there guys out there that the Dolphins are going to spend money on to upgrade over Emmanuel Ogba? I mean, there are some options out there, but how many are there, really? There's a couple. If they're looking legitimately to upgrade from Ogba, the two that come to mind are Chandler Jones and Jadavian Clowney. Um, but you're going to have to break the bank on those guys, um, which I'm okay with if that's the route that they want to go. Um, because, you know, we talked about having a couple of guys planting your flag and saying, these are our guys. If, if they go out and they get Teron Armstead and then they, and, and they say, well, you know, we also really like Ryan Jensen, but we, but they, they don't get Ryan Jensen. So now they're looking at, you know, maybe like a Ben Jones or someone that's going to be a little bit cheaper at center. Then maybe they look, say, well, we do have this extra money here. Maybe we upgrade. At, at at edge defender and we go get a guy like Jadavian Clowney who is about the same maybe a slight downgrade on Ogba as a pass rusher but an elite run defender uh at the edge position um and just an just an absolute beast there so maybe maybe that's a route that they go with and I'm okay with that but if you don't do that and you don't bring back Emmanuel Ogba, then you you put yourself in a position where I don't know that any of these other guys are guys that I'm going to spend a lot of money on. So you start looking, and 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 then what you're looking for is essentially trying to reenact what you did with Emmanuel Ogba, which is you got a guy that was a pretty decent, a pretty good player, but maybe didn't have quite the opportunity and was more of an up and coming player. And you got him at a, at a bargain and he blossomed into a good player. And that's what you're looking for. But I don't want to go into this season after the, the pass rush being the strength of this entire team was the ability to get after the passer and the best one at it really was Emmanuel Ogba as far as consistently. Jalen Phillips had the sack numbers, but Emmanuel Ogba was the consistent driving force that was getting after the opposing quarterbacks, putting pressure, getting the hits. If we, if we let Ogba go and we don't upgrade for him and we don't Maybe, you know, throw like kind of a mid-tier guy like a Derek Barnett, go after him. Then I don't know. I'm not feeling great about it. And all of a sudden now that goes from a position that you thought you had locked down to all of a sudden, well, this is a position that we have to address now in the draft. And I didn't really want to do that because I thought there were other places that we could go in the draft instead of needlessly opening up a hole, especially when you have this much money. That said, look, I would love to keep Emmanuel Ogba, but I don't want to pay Emmanuel Ogba $20 million a year. I think there's got to be a value there. I think you could probably get him at somewhere around 15, like somewhere in that 14 to $16 million a year mark, which for an edge defender, you, you might think that's a, that's a lot, 
but you can you can kind of do that where maybe you guarantee his first two years of the contract and then and then you're and then you have a way out of it after two years you don't need to like lock yourself down to five years of paying Emmanuel Ogba 16 million dollars a year but you can kind of buy yourself time while you're in this win now to figure out another longer term plan which probably includes signing Jalen Phillips long term right would you uh would you spend money on Melvin Ingram no, not big money. Because at this at this point, that he'd be a good fit. he'd be a good fit. I mean, if you can't come to a, to terms with anything that makes sense with Emmanuel Ogba, I mean, and and Melvin Ingram wants something like two years, twenty million dollars, or something like that. I'd be yeah, I'd listen to that. I I think you get, the price has to be right for a Melvin Ingram. I'm not breaking the bank on him at this stage in his career, um, but I think that's a name that's interesting. What about on the inside? Dolphins feeling a little bit better about uh, on the inside of the defensive line. Is there anybody there that you have any interest in? Honestly, it's just been so low on the totem pole of of uh, needs for this team, given uh, you've got Christian Wilkins, you've got Raquan Davis, you've got uh, Zach Sealer. I don't know that places. I'm... What? This is one of the stronger areas of this Dolphins team. I mean... I don't know that there's, uh, this isn't an area that I'm spending a lot of money on, uh, real, realistically, uh, because even if you're getting a guy to be like an upgrade over a Zach Sealer, I mean, Christian Wilkins just had one of the best years of any defensive tackle, any interior defensive lineman in the entire league. Raquan Davis, we know is a, you know, a guy that this, you know, is a big piece of this defense. So then what are you really spending the money on? Uh, I, I don't think this is anything. And there's not like a guy there that jumps out at me and says, you know, this is a guy that we're going to, that's going to be worth spending a lot of money on. So I probably pass on this position. I think that's fair. One position that I think the Dolphins are maybe not so likely to pass on is the linebacker position, because there it is certainly a position of need and whether they address it in the draft or free agency remains an open question, but there's some linebackers out there brain that I think are worth exploring. Is there anybody that has caught your eye on the linebacker market? And, and I will mention that Bobby Wagner is now part of that market. Bobby Wagner is interesting as, as more of like an edge. Um, but I, I don't really think that that's the route that we're going to go. I don't think that's necessarily the the role that we need. I think what you're looking for is somebody that can be essentially a second Jerome Baker. Uh, somebody that uh, can be a three down linebacker uh, so that you've got those two. Because let's face it. I mean, you could talk about they're going to run a four, three. They're going to run a three, four. It doesn't really matter because the majority of the time you're going to be in five DBs. You're going to be in nickel and you're going to have two linebackers on the field. So ideally what you'd like to have is two great linebackers that can run sideline to sideline and do everything that you want them to do as every down linebackers. And then you've got your backups that can fill in the spaces here and there as sub packages or as guys that can, you know, just, you know, be depth. Um, so to me, the two guys there, uh, to me, the one guy that stands out is Devondre Campbell, uh, from Green Bay. Um, I don't know exactly how much he's going to be worth. So I, I think he's going to be a guy that probably is going to command a lot of money. So you, you've got to be, you know, if you're, if you're spending your big money on like two, maybe three guys and Devondre Campbell is one of the guys that you're looking at, well, then that's taking away big money spent somewhere else. I don't know how valuable that position is for them to spend that money, but I'm okay with it if they're going to go after an elite guy. The only other guy that that really kind of you know stands out to me would be Alexander Johnson, uh, who's been playing in Denver. Uh, he could be a good fit, maybe not cost quite as much. So, you know, maybe you get him at sort of a similar price tag to what you locked up Jerome Baker for. Um, but I don't know. I don't know if that's worth it. I think linebacker in general, it, it, it's, it's not the, it's not the sexy position that it used to be when we were growing up in the nineties. 
Um, and it's not necessarily as valuable as a, a position because of the way the game is played nowadays. But that said, there are a few guys that if that are really, really good. And if you get one of those guys, it can make a huge difference. And I think if you got a guy uh, that you can put basically a second Jerome Baker, if you got a guy like Devondre Campbell and you put him next to Jerome Baker, all of a sudden you've got maybe the best one-two punch at linebacker in the league. You put that next to a strength, the strength that you have at defensive line, the strength that you have in the secondary. And I think you're building what looks to be a really, really strong defense while you're still working on the offensive side of the ball. So it's exciting to think about, and I would not hate it. I'm getting emotional, getting emotional, just thinking about it. All right, let's move to the other area where there's a lot of buzz. A lot of buzz today about the players that did get franchised, but there was a couple of notable guys who were not franchised. Now, one of those guys that was not franchised was uh, Harold Landry from the Titans, but the Titans later announced that they had signed him to a new deal, so that's why he had not been franchised. But the other guy that was not franchised? J.C. Jackson, cornerback, New England Patriots. Now, there has been some buzz that he would like to come and be reunited with uh, Josh Boyer of all play of all people down in South Florida. Now th- the question is, if you're going to bring in a guy like uh, JC Jackson, then Dolphins are going to need to do some reshuffling with what they've got right now. We know that they're going to be either reworking a new contract for Xavier Howard based on the deal that they made prior to the 2021 season, as uh, Howard was angry about his contract situation. They got that worked out, gave him some incentives and basically, or turned some incentives into guaranteed money and then promised him that at the end of the 21 season, if he was able to stay healthy, that they would renegotiate his contract or move him at that time. So that is now the option. They can restructure X or they can move on from him and get some assets in return and then go out and get a guy like J.C. Jackson, who would be a very good replacement for a guy like Xavier Howard. But they could also potentially, and they've got a lot of money tied up in Byron Jones, but perhaps there's something they could do with Byron Jones to help free up some money if they wanted to really bring in a guy like J.C. Jackson as well. So what are your thoughts on J.C. Jackson and maybe some of the other cornerbacks that are out there in the Dolphins sort of cornerback room as it stands? Anyway, like, and again, going back to what we talked about in our last episode, you want to have as many lines of defense as possible before Noah Igbenogany is forced to play football for your team. Sure. I I just think, look, you're trying to restructure the way that you're spending money. You've spent so much money, not just on the defensive side of the ball, not just in your secondary, but especially at the cornerback position. And it's an important position, so I get it. But I just, there's nothing that you're going to be able to do that's going to make sense where you're adding JC Jackson and unless it involves JC Jackson taking a massive discount because he really wants to play with Josh Boyer and he could want to play with Josh Boyer all he wants, but that's not going to have him take a massive discount when he's the number one cornerback available on the, on the free agent market in a league that values cornerback as I believe the third or fourth most valuable position on the entire football field behind quarterback, left tackle, and edge defender. So J.C. Jackson is going to get a massive payday. Probably X is going to see that, and he's going, look, you're not going to bring in J.C. Jackson and pay him more than X. Um, so, and, and that, that the only thing that would make sense there if you really wanted J.C. Jackson would be kind of the scenario that you unfolded there where you're trading X, getting assets in return, and then replacing him by just spending free agent dollars that you would have otherwise spent on X to get J.C. Jackson. Logically, that honestly makes a lot of sense because you're going to get a similar player back and draft capital in return and pay the you know similar dollars. I just don't think it's necessarily the route that you want to go. I don't think it's a great precedent because this, this Dolphins front office over the past few years has grown the reputation for signing guys and then 
making them restructure their contracts or then releasing them and trading them. And it's just, I, I don't think, and, and frankly, I like X and I, I don't necessarily want to move on from him. That said, if they were to get like a sweetheart deal where you got a first round pick, a second round pick, and then, you know, in return for X, and then you went around and you, and you spent, you know, the same money that you would spend on X on JC Jackson. Logically, it makes a lot of sense and I wouldn't hate it. I, I would, I would love it. I would say that's, that's really a, a heady move there. Um, but frankly, I, I, I don't necessarily even want to entertain that so much. I would just say, get the X deal done. You've had so few elite players on this freaking roster over the last, you know, since Jason Taylor retired, uh, or really since Jason Taylor left the first time, you've had so few elite players. You finally have one. Just lock them up. Just lock them up. It's not that difficult. You got to figure out what you're going to do long term with Byron Jones, but I think you're okay there for one year. You're fine at cornerback. You could probably, I would say, if it costs a little bit more than necessary, then you might want to spend. It might be worth it just to bring back Nick Needham as your number three corner, address corner in the draft. And hopefully it works out better this time than it did with Noah Igbenogany. And then. That'll be your replacement for Byron Jones and Nick Needham down the road. And you don't need to just keep spending money at the cornerback position. Yeah, I'll say this. If, if you do move on from Xavier Howard, you better bring in J.C. Jackson. You better. Right. Anybody? Anybody like in the safety pool brain? Do we need another safety? <laughs> Not really. I just why I was kind of asking if there was anybody I mean, you, you like. I haven't even looked at it just because I think of all of the, the position. I mean, we thought defensive tackle was a, was a strong point. Safety is the strongest position that the Dolphins have. Uh, you know, Javon Holland had a banner rookie year. Uh, I think, you know, you, you can, you can love or, or not love Eric Rowe, but you have to admit that he fills a role. And I, I honestly think the thinking in keeping a Trill Will, in, in keeping Trill Williams last year is that he kind of fits that same role that, that Eric Rowe does. So I think he's kind of your long term, like replacement for Eric Rowe as he comes in to it. Now, if you want to release Eric Rowe, uh, maybe you've got Trill Williams there because you can save some cap space by, by getting rid of Eric. Eric Rowe this year. Uh, and then the other guy is Brandon Jones that's on the roster. And I think he just kind of fits what you're doing. You're not going to spend a bunch of money there. And in general, the safety position in free agency, if you're not spending a bunch of money, you're not getting anybody of note. So it doesn't really make sense to spend it there. It's just not a, it's not a need for this team. Um, and it's, it, they just have so many other needs that are more pressing that, they could spend money on. Yeah. So I'm, uh, that's, that's pretty much it. I mean, we're not going to get into punters, uh, you know, dolphins are looking for a punter to pl- replace Polardi, but uh, you know, I, it, what do you, what do you think about this? I know we're going to, we're going to talk about draft stuff today, but have you seen this Matt Areza guy, this college punter? What about the punter from the, from the hurricanes? Is he, is he coming out yet? Because that guy's oh. a monster. No, this is a guy from this Matt Areza from San Diego State. Just look up this guy. Just this is guy. He he had a he had an eighty yard punt at the combine. He is he is like a he can he can punt. He can kick field goals. He's like a monster like punter. He's like one of those. He's like that every every so often you hear about this freak special teams guy and. Matt Areza is that guy. Gigaleg. What's that? That's his nickname. His nickname is Gigaleg. Gigaleg. I mean, let's look at that. Gigaleg. Are you kidding well, me? Hey, I'll, I'll say this. If you can draft a long snapper, you can draft a punter. That's right. So listen, we've seen we've seen it. What what, what round draft? What round did uh, Cincinnati draft their kicker last year? When they get like a fifth round pick? Well, I mean, we've seen kickers go in the first round. Sebastian Janikowski. Yeah. I mean, the so, Dolphins alone. I mean, they took the what, Dolphins what's his draft, face out listen, of Florida. I, 
I, I, I like this Areza guy, but if the Dolphins draft this punter in the second round. Well, you don't. <laughs> I'm going to be furious. One stat would have done it. Yeah. I, I like him, but, you know, if this is a guy that is available in the third day of the draft, the Dolphins can pick him up. Let's go. Let's go. I, I would like it. So, anyway, uh, that, that's pretty much it on, on the Dolphins free agency front. So, we're going to keep an eye on things. We got some things planned here at Dolphins Talk and on the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. So, make sure you're subscribed. Make sure you, you've turned on notifications so you know when we go live. We've got plans for on the 16th. As soon as free agency opens at 4 p.m., when we get that onslaught of notifications that such and such player who is, as soon as they've opened the legal tampering period, somehow these guys have already agreed to deals with all of these teams. But anyway, uh, it's going to happen. So as these, as these things come out, as the news comes out, you just, uh, we're going to have you covered here at Dolphins Talk on the YouTube channel, on the podcast network, and of course at DolphinsTalk.com. So make sure you're following us in all of those places. Make sure you're following me at Amplified to Rock. He is, again, at Aaron the Brain. That's at Aaron the Brain. The show is at Same Old Dolphins. And also just want to take a moment to uh, say rest in peace to Charles Entenman, who helped franchise the famous Entenman's Bakery. Aaron, he passed away today, 92 years old. He did good. What was your favorite Entenmann's treat? So, I mean, the two donuts that come to mind, you got obviously the classic, the rich chocolate frosted donut. Absolutely. was just a classic. But to me, and I've looked for these donuts and cannot find them anywhere, it's the devil's food crumb donut with the powdered sugar. Forever mm. will be known in our household as the donut. Do, I mean, the greatest donuts. Like, these things are unbelievable. You cannot beat them, right? They're the, the best. Thing is, the, the thing is, is like in the pantheon of donuts, like, I mean, a Krispy Kreme glazed donut is, 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 is on one end of the spectrum. Then you also have, you know, your gourmet donuts, like they've got like Mojo donuts down here. And, you know, you, you can go get your like your maple bacon bars and your, your donuts that are just like utterly decadent and this brioche bun. And those are absolutely delicious. Other end of the spectrum, amazing. And you don't, you don't want to put Entenmann's in there, but that devil's food crumb donut, I mean, I'll tear up a box of them right now. It's legit, right? Legit. It's legit. Those are great donuts. I'm, I may or may not be about to go purchase some of those online because you can't get them in the store here where I am. But, I don't uh, know that you can even get the devil. I, I remember looking for them not too long ago because I was having a, this conversation with my wife about those donuts and how we would go to like the grocery store and they'd have the Entenmann's display and you would see like the variety pack and kind of has one that's like kind of close to it, but not quite. And like, we can't find these donuts. So we did it like a search online and I, I don't think they make them anymore. Well, we're going to track them down. If you know where these donuts are and trust, I mean, I'm telling you, these are the best donuts. Okay. This is the, this is really late hours, same old dolphin show stuff. These are the best donuts. These Entenmann's chocolate food crumb donut, devil's food crumb donuts. Unbelievable. Highly recommend. You got to go get the eight pack. It's worth it. You have a couple of those and a glass of milk. You're set. A couple of those and a 32 ounce Flanagan's cup filled to the brim with some milk. You got to drink them out of the, you get them out of that. Yeah. You get them out of the, the, the Joe Robbie stadium plastic souvenir coca-cola cup you, that you brought home oh they're discontinued oh. my wife heard the conversation she said no nope, oh. we we looked it's, it's the brain's wife oh <laughs> rest in rest in peace charles entman thank you for your contributions to the katzker family kitchen uh you you are appreciated more than you know and uh may, may you rest in peace and uh, everybody thank you for joining us on the same old dolphin show we will be back 
at some point in the future, we might be popping on with Tom and Dante Colinelli as we get into the free agency uh, shows coming up here soon. We'll probably be popping on if the Dolphins make some big signings. Hopefully, they will be making big signings. Hopefully, they will be much more active. But just make sure you're tuned in and that you're subscribed to the Dolphins Talk YouTube channel. You'll get notified every single time we go live, and you will not miss a thing. But until then, take care of yourselves and each other, and we will talk to you again next time. Bye-bye, everybody. Go Dolphins! Ron Armstead, baby. Miami's got the dolphins. The great.